Well, howdy, everyone. Good morning, and welcome to the Highway Community's weekly podcast. I'm so glad that you've tuned in. Your presence is important, and it's really great to be here with you, whether you're joining us live or after the fact. Last week, we kicked off our teaching series, Stories of Transformation. Stories are powerful vehicles that God uses to reveal something true and beautiful about who He is and what He does in us and among us and through us. Stories provide glimpses of God's kingdom and a window to see His incredible and beautiful work of renewal in our very midst. And so, we're setting aside some time this summer to hear stories. As John shared with us last week, knowing the stories of others and being known ourselves is transformational. We saw in our reflection of Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well that as Jesus knew her story and gave her living water, that she was transformed. And, in turn, through her sharing her experience, the lives of others were also changed. Throughout our summer teaching series, Highway staffers will share a personal story of ours with you, our church community. And interspersed among our personal stories will be three stories that Jesus told, three parables that contain invitations for us to encounter the transforming power of the risen Jesus Christ in our day-to-day lives. And so this morning, I'd like to invite you to settle in and lean in and to open your ears and open your hearts to receive the gift of hearing a personal life story. The first story in our series will be shared by David Haley, Highway's executive pastor. David and his wife Brittany have been a part of the Highway community for almost nine years. They have two girls, Aria and Adeline, and in August, they will also become the parents of four chickens. (laughs) And a fun fact you may not know about David is that his first grade school picture was used as a prop in a Pottery Barn catalog. Isn't that amazing? I'm so going to look into the year and month of that catalog because I totally want to see a picture of young David displayed in a gingham craftsman style frame beside a tastefully designed table lamp. (laughs) Well... Something that I appreciate about David is that no matter what he's got going on in his own life, he's always got time for me. Whether that's to laugh at a ridiculous YouTube video or to check in on me during a formation workshop and say that he's praying or to make space for an impromptu lunch with me during a busy week of his. And I've seen him be available and intentional in this way to everyone on staff and to his family and I imagine to so many of you all as well. He is so intentional and generous, and I know that we're in for a treat as he generously shares with us from his life story this morning. And so with that, David, please take it away. Well, thanks, Julie. Uh, This story series is really exciting, and I'm grateful to get to share this space together. Uh, The story I'd like to share is one that's not super neat or tidy, because life isn't always neat and tidy. It's a story of transformation that's not finished yet. 
And so if you're listening to this and there are things in your life that still seem unresolved, like there are things that you're still trying to live into and you feel somewhere between where you started and where you hope to end up, I, I I just want you to know you're in good company. And see, what I'm learning to hold more clearly is that Uh, There's power both in what God has done and in what God is doing. Uh, That there's these moments in our lives that tell the story of God's goodness and love and presence and faithfulness, you know, where we experience God in these big or significant ways. Uh, But that the way that those moments actually shape us actually are used by God to transform us is in the everyday moments afterward. And so I want to share a story today about an experience that God is still using in the everyday moments to shape me. One thing that might help shade the story in better uh, is just the fact that I get really invested in the outcomes that I want to see happen. Uh, Like, like will pour myself into trying to make it all work out, Uh, sometimes to an unhealthy degree. And that's what storytellers would call foreshadowing. I had some time off back in late January, uh, and we took the kids up to this little mountain town in the Sierra foothills called Arnold. Uh, we were going to stay in a cabin up there, take things easy, play in the snow. And it was so beautiful when we got there. There was about six inches of snow on the ground. You know, we got the kids settled. Uh, and then I went to the grocery store to pick up some things for the week. And, you know, at this point, I should probably mention the weather forecast. You know, in, in the days leading up to the trip, uh, it just looked like it was going to snow every day, which was great. Uh, But as we got closer and closer, uh, the forecast kept getting worse uh, to the point where there was a National Weather Service blizzard warning uh, issued for the entire Western Sierras. Well, uh, we cross-checked that with some other weather forecasting sites. Uh, You know, Arnold is just one town. The Western Sierras are a big area. Uh, And what we kept seeing was uh, that daily there was about a 50 to 60% chance of snow, and there was a projected 18 inches to two feet of accumulation for the week. And that sounded really reasonable and sounded very winter wonderlandy. And and so we didn't really think much of it. Uh, Well, when I got to the grocery store, the lines were crazy, Uh, like early pandemic Costco long. And when I was driving back to the cabin with the groceries, uh, the one gas station in town had a line like all the way down the street and people were filling up those five gallon gas cans like there was no tomorrow. I should have seen it coming. After we got the kids settled down, uh, Brittany and I had the chance to sit by the fire. Uh, I brought a journal with me and started writing and just really felt like God was bringing the word release back up to me over and over again. You know, something else that might help shade this story in a little bit is that my family's also been through some hard things. My family's been through some hard changes the last few years where there were situations that felt really high stakes that had a definite way that I wanted them to turn out. And they just kept not going the way I wanted them to. And maybe you've experienced something similar before. And as I sat with that word, release, I felt like God kept bringing some things to mind. I kept hearing, release the past. And the debts you feel like you're owed and the things you feel like you're entitled to because of it. You just something light to process on vacation. (laughs) That wasn't it, though. 
I also kept hearing, release the future that you thought you wanted. Something that was really timely, actually, considering everything we were about to head into as a church and the impact that reconciling our budget deficit has had. And what I wound up writing that night was that I was getting really nervous about the storm. I didn't want to be stuck up there. I didn't want the power to go out. I just wanted to be able to rest and relax and enjoy time together as a family. That was the near-term future that I wanted. More foreshadowing. As we went to bed, it started to snow. And it didn't stop for like three days. We'd gotten there on a Tuesday, and the power went out on Wednesday. And we were in a cabin with electric heat, an electric stove, and an electric hot water heater. And I started to get real concerned by Friday because the snow wasn't stopping. And there was a power line that fell at the base of the street uh, that the cabin was on, which meant that they couldn't plow the street until PG&E came to deal with the line. But there was, in fact, a blizzard in the entire western Sierras. And it was going to be a while, as in days, before PG&E could get there. And and there were some guys uh, in Jeeps that drove through uh, who told me that if I could get out of the driveway and onto the road and follow their tracks down, uh, then I'd be able to do it. I'd be able to make it out. And that's when I made the choice to fix the problem by myself with a shovel. Uh, Brittany had started digging this tunnel down from the cabin to the car, uh, down the really long and really steep driveway. And she gave me the shovel at about 9.30 Friday morning. And I kid you not, I dug straight until about 4 p.m., I can't even guess how many cubic feet of snow I moved. I dug from the cabin down to the car. I dug the car out. I dug out the rest of the driveway from the car to the street. I dug through the giant snow drift at the bottom of the driveway into the street. I dug out the berm in the middle of the street from the Jeeps that had driven through for about 150 yards down the road to give us a good start. And we hustled to get everything and everyone back in the car. Not easy because of the icy, steep, and long driveway, but we wanted to do it before it got dark. And oh, it felt so good to turn the car on. It felt so good to put it in drive and to pull out onto the road. And we made it about 200 feet. About 200 feet and the car stopped. Totally stuck in the snow. And the tires were clear, but, it, but it's like the car high side. It had too much snow packed underneath it and it was unable to move forward. I ran back up to the cabin for a shovel and spent about 20 minutes trying to dig out the snow from underneath the car on my hands and knees. It was a sad sight, I can assure you, Uh, until Brittany put me out of my misery, you know, kind of like calmly and gracefully got out of the car and said, I'm going to take the girls back to the cabin. When you're ready, can you bring these three bags back with you? I woke up the next morning. And the snow had taken its revenge on me. (laughs) I was so sore. And one of the worst parts was that I had strained a bunch of muscles in my left hand from all the shoveling. And, and like, literally couldn't close it. 
I was like a living metaphor. Release the past and the debts and entitlement you hold on to. Release the future you thought you wanted. And in that moment, I couldn't be anything but literally open-handed. And as I thought about that experience, you know, it stood out to me so clearly was that I could do all the work. I could do all the right things. I could put in all the effort, even to the point of breaking myself. But for all that work, I couldn't change the fact that my car only has eight inches of ground clearance. Have you ever had one of those moments too? Where you realize there's just things you can't change. I just thought about how many times in my life I've held on so tightly to the way I wanted things to work out. How hard I've worked to make it go that way. And then held on so tightly to the disappointment when they didn't. (laughs) I was sitting there literally with a hand I couldn't close for three or four days. And God brought me to this passage in Psalm 16. Verses 5 and 6 say this. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. See, what, what God taught me through that experience that I continue to have the opportunity to learn over and over again in the everyday moments. It's to look for where he is setting the boundary lines in my life. What I can do and what I can't do. What I can change and what I can't. And to accept and to learn to live within those limitations to see them even as the delightful inheritance that God has given me. I can't change the weather or the ride height on my car. That's a God thing and also sort of a mechanic thing. But I also can't change someone's mind or change someone's heart. I can't make a friend's marriage stay together. I I can't choose recovery from addiction for someone. I I can't make someone choose forgiveness and reconciliation. I can't lessen the impact of trauma for someone or alleviate physical or mental illness. And those are good things to want. Those are good things to orient my life towards seeing happen and, and to be available for and to work towards. But in the end, those are God things, too. And so what I'm learning is that I don't have to hold on to the outcome that I want and that I hope for and that I pray for so tightly. Because sometimes no matter how much snow you shovel, your car still only has eight inches of ground clearance. And so I can both want those things and hold them with an open hand and work to remind myself every day that God is better than the way I want things to work out. 
and that God is enough when they don't. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely, I have a delightful inheritance. Thanks for letting me share my story. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for sharing with us so vulnerably and honestly. You have given us a gift. Highway family, as we receive the gift of hearing David's story, and as we reflect on God's work in the lives of others, may we be faithful to whatever it is that the Spirit is stirring inside us. Whether that's being encouraged or convicted or challenged or something else, May we be attuned to the invitation to transformation as we hear and receive the stories of others. And as we step into those invitations, through the power of the Holy Spirit, may the stories of others impact the personal unfolding stories of our own lives that God is writing in us and through us today. Would you pray with me? Father God, you are good, and you are sovereign, and you are always, always at work. Thank you for the ways that you've revealed yourself and are continuing to reveal yourself to David. And thank you for working through an incredibly challenging time and redeeming it. Father God, This morning, we're so grateful for the gift that David's given us, sharing with us a truth, a truth that came alive in him. And we ask, Father God, that through your spirit, in receiving this gift, that something comes alive in us. Thank you for your never-ending faithfulness and love and for the beauty of the boundary lines that you have drawn for us. May we find peace and delight in that. We thank you for the power of story and the space to give and receive that today. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.